This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's erica.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com and anthony. it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, at CurseySmurfErica, and of course, at NerdcastRadio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am only joined by my sister, Kersey Smurf Erica. Hi, Erica. Hello. Um, we have had a basically a clusterfuck of things that made it so people couldn't be on. So it is just myself and Erica talking this morning, and we're going to have a conversation about Avengers Infinity War. Yes. That we are really <laughs> excited about. Um but this first. is true, but you know, but you know what, Bri? What we always have great conversations. So the fact that it's just you and me is is going to be a completely different type of episode. Like, because we never lose, like we never run out of things to say. It's true, and I don't think it's really a problem considering that this is what we do every week, anyway. Yeah. Without being an episode, we just call and talk about all the nerdy shit we're interested in. That is true. Um, all right. But first, but first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? But really, since it's just both of us, we're just going to talk about all the nerdy things we did this week and uh, just go from there. Yeah, it's kind of hard to make it a competition when it's just two people. I mean, unless you have a third party to vote for, for who did the nerdiest thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we're just going to get all the points at the end. All the widgets. All the widgets. I love it. Ah. Uh, so are well, you going to start? Am I going to start? No, I hosted, so you have to start. Oh, okay. So this week, uh, I did a bunch of nerdy stuff. I uh, started reading Miss Subways by David Duchovny. Uh, super good oh, hold, book. Hold on. Go into that. I didn't know about this. What's the name of the book? Miss Subways. Missed Subways? Miss. M-I-S-S Subways. Miss Subways. All right. Writing that down. Uh, it's so good. Like, uh, okay, I have always loved David Duchovny. I've always had a crush on him. You know, everything he's ever done that I've seen, I really loved. So I was like, oh, he's a fantastic actor. And then I was watching Colbert, and he was on promoting his book. I was like, I did not know he wrote books. Turns out this is like his third book. So I downloaded uh, it via Audible. Because I, I get to actually get through books via Audible. Um, and he narrates it with his ex-wife, Tia Leone, and both of his kids. So it's really neat. Um, I did not know. I don't, I don't want to say that he's as intelligent as he is, as thoughtful as he is. Like, it blew me away, his writing. Just absolutely blew me away. And I was like, fuck. 
it's really good. It's very uh, insightful. It's very interesting to to hear a male author's uh, like from a female perspective. So the character's female. Uh, it, it's very interesting, but a lot of it's like right on point. So I mean, either a woman helped him or he is just like that in sync with women, but he really gets it. So it's very cool. Um, so there's that. I didn't I, know he was married to Taylor Te- Leone. He was. They got divorced because he's a sex addict. Oh, so like Californication was like casted for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think it came out that he was a sex addict during Californication. Um, yeah, so they were married for a long, long time. And then eventually, like, she, my understanding from what has been published, of course, because I'm not an expert on their relationship by any means, only they are. Um, my my understanding is that she just, like, hit her breaking point. And it is, you know, it is in the DSM as a uh, disorder. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do. So, uh, yeah, so they got divorced. Um but uh, so the other things I did, um, I discovered that I can play Ascension on my phone, which is really great because it's an amazing game and I love it. Uh, I also discovered I can play Sims on my phone and discovered as in I knew about it like four years ago, but when I downloaded it, it sucked. And then I decided to re-download it because it had good reviews now and I really love it. It's a lot of fun. So, um, and then the biggest nerdy thing I did this week is I went to a theme park. Yay! As a roller coaster nerd, I went to Cedar Point and rode a bunch of roller coasters. Uh, It was not as awesome as I thought it was going to be, only because there were like 50 mile an hour winds and all the really high coasters were not running. So that sucked. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Because I have had that happen to me at Six Flags Great Adventure. Yeah. So, but Matt and I went, Senor Corbell. We went and it was fun. And he was a good sport because I snore really, really loudly. And he totally put up with it for the whole trip. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's it. I think that's all the nerdy things I did this week. Oh, wait. No, I missed one. I watched Cloverfield Paradox. Did you watch it? I did. What did Did you you think? Did you hate it? I didn't like it. Oh, my God. I loved it. I thought it was great. There were a few plot holes. I'll give you. But but for the most part, it was super fun. Like, I love the idea of, like, two dimensions intertwining and random shit happening. That I mean, because I think that was, like, the best part. So you have, like, a normal horror movie where, like, you've set this theme, like the slasher, the slasher is going to kill you, period, the end, don't go off alone, et cetera, et cetera. Like there are rules in that type of horror movie to where you can quote unquote, avoid being murdered. Right. But, but when you're talking about two dimensions intertwining and bleeding into each other, there's literally nothing you can do. There's not, it's either going to happen where you are or it's not going to happen. And you're going to have whatever those consequences are. And that's what I loved. The ending was not as terrible as everybody was te- like, everybody's like, oh, the ending's like horrible. Like, I, I get it. I think there was definitely a hole in it, like in the plot. Like I said, like, I don't know why Jensen, uh, the blonde lady, does. I mean, I get she's like, oh, well, if you take uh, this, what, whatever starship it was, if you take this 
then, you know, my planet will die and I can't let that happen. But the paradox, like, like if it stays there, the paradox stays, there's no way you're going to get everything running correctly. It makes no sense. But other than that, I thought it was a really neat, neat take. I really love the, like the dimensions bleeding into each other. I, I agree with you that the story is actually a, the, the idea and the entire concept is really cool. But I thought the execution of the movie was bad. I thought really? that the pacing was just nightmarish. I I made it about three quarters of the way through before I turned it off. <gasps> oh, my God. No, I loved it. I did. I liked the pacing. I think I could have done. I, I think I needed a little bit more of what was happening on Earth. Like you would have had to watch the other Cloverfield movies to have any idea why things were exploding and people were dying and stuff like that. See, I haven't watched the other Cloverfield movies. Oh, that's why you didn't like it. But I thought that um, the Cloverfield Lane one wasn't, um, its ending didn't connect it at all to the first one. Yeah, it does. Because it had like an alien invasion at the end. Yeah, that's what all the Cloverfield movies are, are alien invasions. I, I thought it was a big giant monster. Is that connected to the alien invasion? Yeah, yeah. The big giant monsters are the alien invasions. Oh, I don't know. I've I've had similar arguments with people about Skyline. Like I didn't really like Skyline, and people were talking about how awesome that was. I never watched Skyline. So, like the first Cloverfield movie is like a Godzilla esque thing. There's a giant monster, right? You don't know why. You don't know where it came from. You don't know anything. It's just a giant fucking monster that shows up and starts destroying new york then cloverfield lane is like a more like like it's set in a bunker this guy's trying to save people he's also fucking crazy it's a lot of shit right but at the end of that you find there really is an alien invasion he wasn't fucking with her uh right and so she 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 hears on the radio there's really an alien invasion she goes to help like people like i think she's a nurse or something i don't know um and then this one is basically why cl all the Cloverfield shit has happened. Like, it's like, oh, well, there was this power thing, you know, power crisis, and we had to create something. So we had a particle accelerator in space, which then ripped space and time and what caused all these monsters. That's it. That's basically it. So it's like, now you know why all the Cloverfield shit happened. And... It also was, like, a very, like, surprising, like, it was really, I mean, when you are merging the two, there's no rules to, like, not be murdered. Like, that's what I loved about it. There were no rules. There was nothing they could have done other than react to what was happening. You couldn't mm. plan. You couldn't try to prevent. All you could do is react. And that I think that's what I loved about it. So it, it ties all of them in. And I have no idea why people are hating on it at all. At all. It was good. There's there's a movie I want to see, and I don't know if you've seen it either. Have you ever seen a movie called Sunshine? No. Sunshine is supposed to be this... It's a sci-fi movie where they're in a space station near the sun. Mm-hmm. And it didn't do really well, and a lot of people didn't really see it. Um, but it's got a 7.3 on, on IMDb, and it's like... What is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh. Uh, let's see. Sunshine... Rotten Tomatoes. You say sunshine, Seven, and all seven, I think of... Sorry, go seven, ahead. 76%. Well, that's a good rating. Yeah, I know. Is it on but Netflix? I don't know. Hmm. You'll have to um, watch it. 
It's also got 73% audience. But the reason why I want to see it, because it kind of blew past me in the theaters, and um, the reason I want to see it is because it's the one Danny Boyle movie I haven't seen. Who's Danny uh, Boyle? 28 Days Later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, um, Train Spotting. Oh, yeah. All right. So, did you see Train Spotting 2? Yes. Oh, oh my God, so yes. Good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was super good. Oh my God, it was so good. Oh. Oh. And, and, and it's even better if the last time you saw Train Spotting was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I watched Train Spotting and then Train Spotting 2 because, in, and I let Amelia watch it. I don't know if that makes me a bad parent or not. But, no, I think I think when you when you show like how bad reality can get to kids, it's good. Yeah, and that's what I did. Like we're watching it, and of course, like some of the stuff, I was like, "Eh, don't look." But um, but you know the drugs and everything, and what people would do for it, and everything like that. Um, you know, she was like, "That's real." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, drugs are some serious business. Don't ever let anybody tell you like." Oh, you can't get addicted. It's just one try. I was like, you could die. There's all sorts of stuff. So. What's that one movie that you could show her that would make her afraid of drugs forever? Requiem um, for a Dream? Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to show that to your daughter, unfortunately, because I, of the, the last scene of the movie. <laughs> I can't watch that movie. I watched it once, just once, and I can't remember why, but I was so disturbed by it that I was like, and I'm out. You maybe wait until she's in her last, her late teens for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and I don't that was if a, I could watch it with her. That's a like, traumatic movie. It is. It's a very traumatic movie. Well, I have to share my nerdy stuff. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, no worries. Um, this see, is see, audience. This is what we do. We go on and on do, and on yes. forever. <laughs> um, I do not have nearly as long of a list as you. I am, I am clearly inferior nerd. That's not um, at all. I um I watched Cobra Kai on Netflix. Um, we talked about this a little bit before, but I'll give the audience a little bit of a clue about what this is. Uh, not on Netflix, on YouTube Red. Um, Cobra Kai is a YouTube Red series. It's 10 episodes long, half-hour episodes, uh, and it's the sequel to all the Karate Kid movies. Um, the twist on it is the focal character is Johnny Lawrence rather than Daniel LaRusso, but everyone's in it. They even got the actress who played Daniel's mom to be in it. Yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to watch it. I loved the Karate Kid movies. Loved them. Loved them. Loved them. Johnny is a um, Johnny is a superintendent at an apartment complex like Mr. Miyagi, and he meets a kid who's getting bullied. So it's like Karate Kid all over again. Yeah. And um, Daniel is a um, used car salesman. Larissa. Yep. Wow. And they um. And he gets upset when Johnny reopens the Cobra Kai, Kai Dojo. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. It sounds good. Yeah, it was really good. It's there's there's a lot of twists and stuff that I don't want to talk about, but the the whole looking at Danny from a protagonist point of view, where you can actually <laughs> see his point of view of the original movie, is just amazing. It makes me wonder if the thing was inspired by How I Met Your Mother and. Um, Barney Stinson describing the Karate Kid from the other side. It might have been because that was a really good episode. It's produced by William Zapska, the Who's guy who that? plays the guy who plays Johnny Lawrence. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really 
Ah, I just can't say it's really good enough. Um, I don't know if it would be good for people who didn't grow up with the movies. I mean, it's one of those nostalgia fest things, but it's that's the audience. Well, you know what's funny is Chris had never seen Karate Kid, and I made him watch it like six months ago. I understand <laughs> that they're they're even going to um, bring the girl from the next Karate Kid in the in the next season. The next Karate Kid, or the never seen the next Karate Kid. There, there were four Karate Kid movies in the original canon. I only saw the first two then. Yeah, there was Karate Kid 1 through 3, and then there was the next Karate Kid where um, Mr. Miyagi moved and met this girl and taught her karate. Oh, no, no, I never watched that. I definitely didn't see that one. I may have seen the third Karate Kid, but the, the second Karate one's Kid my favorite. Was the one, they're all good. That's the thing about the Karate Kid movies. They never yeah. really jumped the shark on the sequels. They don't, no. Um, the first Karate Kid is the movie that everybody loves with Daniel learning karate from Mr. Miyagi and then winning the tournament at the end. And yeah. then Karate Kid 2 is where Daniel goes to Japan. Yep. And I think that's why it was my favorite because it was set in Japan. I was like, oh, my God. And then Karate Kid 3 is back in Reseda, California. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the revenge of Cobra Kai where the um, the sensei pulls in this other sensei who's just as much of a dickbag and tries to get revenge on Mr. Miyagi. Oh, okay. Hmm. And Pat Morita's sense of humor in it is the funniest goddamn thing ever. (laughs) Oh, I really like him. He he passed away in 2005? Yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. I remember because I was like, oh, Mr. Miyagi. And the other thing I've been doing is I've been playing um, Shadowrun off of steam um it is so much fun i so you know i was getting really into starfinder see well i wanted to play a starfinder video game i really wanted to play a starfinder video game really bad after getting into starfinder mm-hmm. and there aren't any obviously um well yeah just but i was like out. let's find a good old let's find a good sci-fi video game that's not real expensive and download it and play it and it's a top-down role-playing game there's a lot of reading, and I like my role-playing games with lots of reading. And it's great. Is it um, like Neverwinter-esque? It's like Baldur's Gate. Okay. Except the combat's turn-based. It's not space bar pause. Okay. It's sort of like um, the original Fallout on in, on uh, the Fallout on PC. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, where it's all turn-based, and um, you don't target body parts, but you, you do get a percentile on each attack and you get different attacks. Um, it uses a karma based, um, skill system that's similar to shadow run role playing tabletop role playing game where you have your main abilities and mm-hmm. then you have all your skills under those abilities. You put the same points in everything. Yeah. So let's say you get 50 points. It costs one point to get one strength. It costs two more points to get two strength. It costs three more points to get three strength. I see where you're going. Um, let's say handheld combats underneath underneath um, strength, you can't get more points in hand combat than you have in strength. Got it. All right. So the whole skill tree is like that. So it's a tree-based system that you have to get the requirements in order to get the ones underneath, and you have to do the math to get your points. I'm pretty sure the role-playing game uses the same kind of system. I think it does, yeah. We tried to set up characters once, and it was really complicated. I think we're going to need Hero Lab for it. I think that's. I think our brains are just too soft for role-playing games anymore, and we need computers to do the work for us. 
God, when I was uh, a kid, you did everything on paper, and and we wouldn't even imagine using a computer to do it. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm good with like D and D fifth edition. I just create my own character on paper. Pathfinder create my own characters on paper. But Shadowrun, I think it's just because the mechanics are so much different than you know what I'm used to. Like I don't have a full concept of it. I spent hours putting together a Starfinder character on paper, and I played it. It took me like two or three hours to make. And I played with that character at the con. And then I went home and took that character and did it in Hero Lab Online. Mm-hmm. And I had made so many mistakes. Oh, really? Yeah. I had made so many mistakes. Computers just make everything better. So they do. I've been at work this week. And um, next week is my last week at work. I put my notice in a week and a half ago. So you decided to not go part-time for a couple weeks? Yeah, I decided not to. I just... I. I just need the time for moving, and my work understands. That's good. You know, I need to look for work, and I need to pack up my stuff, and I need to organize move- movers. and. Yeah. Plus, you really like that job a lot, so that kind of I'm, sucks. Well, I'm doing my damn best to to really leave it in good hands, and, you know, I'm documenting things. and Though I'm stressed because Monday I have to go to jury duty. <laughs> yeah. And it's my last week. And we're interviewing a guy this week, so I, I really don't want to miss it. We're doing it on Tuesday, and I'm, like, stressing out. Yeah. Well, like I said, just do that jury nullification thing. Uh, they'll probably just go and hope for the best. I know. You just... Ugh. I know. I, I've been through this before, and I've always gotten to go home on the first day. I've never been pulled before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Well, anyway, we both win. Yay, we both win. All the widgets. All the widgets. I I think your things were were at least more nerdy things than me. How so? But I'm sure there's other things that I did that I'm not even thinking about. That's always the case. I do so many nerdy things all the time. I've been, I'm on the, um, I'm on the sixth uh, Dresden book. Oh, good. I love, um, they're addicting, aren't they? Like you can't put them down. Thomas is a big part of this one. In what way? Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but um, he's he he had these he had to save these puppies from a fire, and they they're apparently they're like food dogs, and he has oh, to return them mouse! to a mouse. Mouse. Yeah, you're about to meet mouse. And they um and Thomas asks him to help um figure out why this um guy he knows is this like movie guy he knows is being a is under some kind of curse and Dresden has to pretend to be a production assistant. Oh, I did love that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I have some theories about Thomas. Yeah. What are your theories? Um, I'm kind of thinking he's related to Dresden. How so? Well, he seemed, he has some mysterious reason. And in story narratives, usually when that happens, it's familial. Some mysterious reason for what? He has some mysterious reason to be there with Dresden. He has some mysterious, like, bond to him, like he always helps him out. And this is a selfish character, so he's going to be like his like his um, mentor's friend or mentor's family or something. That's possible. I mean, I, I can definitely see Thomas is definitely a, a selfish character, so I can see w- why you would go in that direction. It'd be crazy if it was like his brother or something. 
That would be crazy. But you also have to think about the the white vampires is they are always like planning 12 steps ahead. So while it may seem like Thomas is like his friend and he's there to help out and stuff, you know, he's got a like he's got something he wants. You, you just feel like ne- you're, I feel like you're quoting the book because Dresden just recently was talking to Thomas about how about how he thought that this was some kind of plan and that he was in he was part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how the the white court functions. So yeah, they're, they're like incubuses, aren't they? Or incubi? Yeah, they are. Uh, but they're you know they they're like the I want to say the smartest. Like they're very crafty, very manipulative. So just because something seems like it on the outside, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw your eggs in all the basket. All your eggs in the basket. Well, I highly recommend the books. They're really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely don't want to give away anything for you. So. Yeah, it's they're they're all like insular stories. The only thing that annoys me is they he reintroduces everything at the beginning of every book. Like they're supposed like you could read them out of order if you wanted to. You can't read them out of order. <laughs> but they they put that little intro at the beginning of every single one where he explains everything. And it's like, yeah. He goes to his apartment for the first time and he explains everything about his apartment. He goes to meet the cop for the first time in the book. So he has to explain it like you've never met her before. It's annoying. You have to get through like four chapters before there's no more of that annoying crap. That's true. It's true. But, you know, they're they're anthology series and anthology series are always like that. Mm hmm. Uh, Well, we both won. So what are we talking about again? Um. Well, this is quickly turning into just sharing nerdy stuff we like, but we ha- came on here specifically to talk about Infinity War, which I, I'm sure will tangent off into all sorts of nerdy stuff we like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. None of our conversations don't tangent. So this episode <laughs> will have spoilers. All this the episode spoilers. will have spoilers, so stop listening and then go see the movie and then come and back if- to this one if you haven't seen it, because this you- episode... We'll have spoilers. I'm giving you a lot of time. Right now, to stop listening. Yes, because we're going to spoil stuff. Like that time when Goku showed up and killed and killed Superman. With the spirit bomb. Yes. <laughs> Although, in seriousness, the movie has made like a billion dollars worldwide. And if you haven't seen it, I feel like it, that's your fault. At this so, point. you want to do the just like start at the beginning and try to get through the movie linearly? No. I don't think linear, linearly. Linearly? Yes. That's my favorite. That's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's lots of things we could talk about in the movie. Like, okay, so my, my, what, let's talk about our biggest takeaways. What was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway was I was so happy that they humanized Thanos and not just made him a mustache twirler. Yes. Okay, that was also my biggest takeaway. I love that, like, like I didn't leave the movie. It's kind of like Bla- Black Panther. I can't remember the bad guy's name. You're supposed to help me. Kill kill something? Killmonger. Killmonger. Yes. Okay. So, I was trying to think of the first name, and I couldn't. Yeah. So, like, in Black Panther, you felt for the bad guy. Like, I mean, he wasn't a bad guy to be a bad guy. He was, like, he thought he was doing the right thing. He had a... He had the right. He had the claim. He was stronger. He thought he was doing the right thing. He wanted to find his place. All right. Thanos, same thing. 
he thinks he's doing the right thing. And it makes you think because he's kind of got a point. Like, unless you want all of life to, like, die, you've got to, like, weed out some of it. Well, he thought he was doing the right thing. Like the Unabomber thought he was doing the right thing. I'm getting there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the right thing, you know, like, what is it they say? Like, no matter what the, the like, God, my brain's not working. Like, when you, the ends justify the means. There we go. That's what it is. So Kind like, of like a final solution? Yes. So, like, and he's like, oh, the ends justify the means. It doesn't matter. I got to do this. He had to sacrifice Gamora, you know, who he loved, which I still don't get. Like, I get that he loved her, but why did he not love Nebula? You know? He was an abusive father. He took a favorite. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, like, you know, he sacrificed the person that he loved to be able to do the thing that he thought he needed to do to save the world. And I think that was pretty awesome. I think he was obsessed with proving himself right after Titan died. Well, yeah. I think that obsession did turn into madness. And I think he probably regrets it. What, Titan? I, I think he re he's going to regret snapping his fingers. He might. I don't think he's going he's gonna, to. I think he's going to have remorse. I don't think he's going to be able to live with himself. Mm. Um. I'm very familiar with the Infinity War comic, and they changed a crap ton, and I approved of everything. It was it was nicely done. They I, I it was going to be a really hard thing to make into a movie. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. Yeah, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Don't I have, die. I have, I, I'm I'm trying to find liquid. Don't have any. Oh, there we go. Oh, there. Oh, my eyes are watering. I was coughing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear it, but you were gone for a minute. I could, like, hear it without hearing it. Yeah, like you knew I was going to cough. Yeah. Or throw up. For, like, up. a long time. <laughs> um, so the the comics were very different. Um, so there was a lot of stuff I was hoping to see that we didn't see. There was one specific thing that was a little disappointing. What? Um, Adam Warlock is a big part of the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet comic. Yeah. And a lot of the reason why they didn't bring him in was because he um, he would have come out of nowhere and they wouldn't have been able to introduce the character, so they didn't want to jam another character in. Fair. I understand that. But Adam Warlock didn't show up in the Infinity Gauntlet comic until like two or three issues in. He was a cocoon in a motel room for a good portion of it before he showed up. And I think they could have ended the movie with a cocoon or at least an end credit scene. I get it. I get it. But I don't think he's going to be part of the story at all, even in the even in the sequel. <sighs> Probably I think not. Captain Marvel's going to show up and lead the team. Yes. And I, I love myself a Car Carol Danvers Captain Marvel. I love that character. I can't wait till the movie. I'm very excited. I'm also very excited that it's in set in the 90s. And I'm glad it comes out right before Infinity War. Yes. Oh Infinity. yes, we get to see um, the guy who plays Coulson and. They're all going to play the younger versions of themselves, and they're going to they're going to they they made them they're making them um, get trainers and go to the gym. Okay. And they're um, going to use um, light makeup and CGI like they did with Kurt Russell. Nice. Because Kurt Russell looked flawless in Guardians too. He did. He totally did. You know who looked flawless with that was um, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. in in um, Avengers Avengers two. Yeah, he Mar looks no, good. Civil War. 
the the young the the young Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because when I first saw it, I thought they were using footage from something. Oh, really? Yeah, because it looked so good. Because it's what he looked like when he was younger. We know what he looked like when he was younger. That's true. That is true. So. So I. My big point of Infinity War that I want to bring up is my hands wouldn't stop shaking until about two hours after I'd seen it. I was traumatized after seeing Infinity War. Was it Spider-Man? It was Spider-Man. Oh, my God. I know. That was the next thing I was going to say. Like, that was. Oh, he is such a good actor. I don't know his name. Tom something. Right. What Spider-Man? Tom what? Tom. Oh, now that you said you can't think of it, I can't think of it either. Uh-uh. Uh, so good. So good. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. There we go. Um, that kid has acting chops. I don't even think he's a kid. He's like 20-something. You're right. But like, he's 21. Fuck, fuck. He's got acting chops. So good. So a friend at work told me a theory about Spider-Man in Infinity War that makes it even harder. What? The reason why he was like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. And then it took him so long to turn to dust Mm -hmm. was because one, he was sensing it with his spidey sense. So he knew it was coming Mm -hmm. where all the other characters kind of looked around and just went. Yeah. So because of his spider sense, he he was in pain. (laughs) Yeah. And then the reason why it was so slow was because Spider-Man has a light healing factor. Yep. So, oh my God, that's torturous. Absolutely, absolutely. And and then you just see Tony's face. You can see like he totally blames himself for all of it. Crazy. It was so good. It was so have emotional. Seen, have you seen any of the memes? No. There's a crap ton of memes where they take all these characters and have them dissolving into dust, saying, "I don't want to go." Oh, like Doctor they did Who? it with SpongeBob. Oh, that's funny. Oh, uh, oh, Mr. Stark! I don't want to die. Oh, so you, hard to watch. Ah, uh, I know, right? Did you did you see uh what was happening to Chris Pratt on uh on Twitter? No. Oh my God! Apparently, a bunch of people are tweeting him like, "Star Lord, how could you? You fucked it all up. The gauntlet was almost off." <laughs> he was Gilligan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. But, you know, I get it. He he did mess it up, but that would have been a hard thing to deal with. Oh, I yeah. Mean, not all the heroes can be perfect all the time. And also, he's always been a bit of a fuck up. I mean, all the Guardians were. Yep, yep. Plus, plus, Gamora just told him that she loved him. Like, just told him that she loved him. And now she's dead. Well, she's not dead, but that's not the point. He thinks she's dead. Thanos so, um, thinks she's dead. What do you think of Doctor Strange and the fact that he gave up the time stone? Oh, well, he said there was only one way that they win, right? I know. So, basically, every other time they died, but they didn't, they, they won when he gave up the time stone. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, one of the things in the comics that's kind of, that that I think that they're actually going to play because they gave some hints to it in the movie is hmm. when the soul stone kills someone, the soul stone has its own world inside it. Yeah. That's where Gamora is. She's not dead. Yeah. So when they die, they go there. 
-hmm. So Doctor Strange can probably magic his way out of there or influence Thanos from inside it. Probably. Because that's something that was actually done in the comic. It wasn't Doctor Strange. It was Adam Warlock. But they're probably going to switch the role. Probably. And, you know, that's a good point because, you know, I don't think everybody is coming back. Like, Loki's dead. I'm 100% sure Loki is dead, dead. So, um... They can bring back anybody they want if they get a hold of the Soul Stone. I'm sure they could, but Loki's dead. He's not coming back. I'm sure... I'm sure of that. I mean, he's been in, like... What if he tricked him, though? What if he's not dead? He's dead. It's Loki, though. I know it's Loki. He doesn't just pull a knife out and try to stab Thanos. He already knew Thanos was powerful. It's got to be a trick. It's freaking Loki. You think? It really, I thought he was, you know, it was, it was like for sure he was dead in Thor 2 and then he revealed himself at the end not to be, but I mean, he looked for sure dead. I mean, he could make himself look dead if he wants to. He can do any kind of illusion he wants. That's true. All right. Well, maybe he's not dead. Now I'm less sure about that. I thought that when I was first thinking of my concept for the movie, I thought Loki was going to survive and they were going to use Loki as the um, the replacement for Mephisto. Because in the comic, Mephisto was with Thanos the whole time and was basically whispering in his ear. And then it tried to betray him at the end. I thought that Loki was going to be Mephisto. Well, I mean, not going to be Mephisto, but going to be that role as the guy who turns traitor and then ends up turning around at the end and betraying him. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, they're probably going to kill it off just because Tom Hiddleston is going to move on to other things. And yeah. I, but, you know, everybody thought that they were going to kill off the main people and then the supporting cast were going to fill in. But they did it the other way around. They killed all the new characters. I see. OK, so I may be going out on a limb here. I don't think they're dead. No, they're inside the soul stone. Well, they could be. Or because he also has the reality stone. He split the dimensions. See, I've heard that too, but I have I have trouble. Where did you like, hear that? I've heard that idea from people. Oh, well, I guess I'm not the only one to come up with it. Though. But I have trouble um, accepting that the movie makers would do that to an audience. It's genius if they do, because then you can play all the new characters in the new reality and you have all the old characters in the old reality if you ever want to flash back to it. Yeah, I I think what they're going to do is eventually the time scone's going to rewind time. Yeah, and it can definitely do they that. have to try to stop Thanos all over again, somehow going back in time using the time stone, even though Thanos has it. Who knows? There was there was a good amount of time travel in the comic, too. Yeah. There, when um, Thanos was fighting... Um, the Hulk, uh, no, it was uh, Dr- Drax the Destroyer, and one other character, I don't remember who, but he backhanded them into a portal <laughs> and sent them back to the time of the dinosaurs. Oh, in the comics? Yeah, he also, when he, the, he did it in the movie where he backhanded Captain America, mm-hmm. but in the comics, he just kind of flicked his wrist and snapped his neck mm-hmm. at, after he shattered the shield hmm. with a punch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can see that. But Thanos in the comics was just a crazy, mad, bad guy. I mean, yeah. he had motivation. He was in love with death, but he wasn't humanized at all. He was just a bad guy for bad guy's sake. Yeah, and I always loved that that play that he was in love with death. Like, I always loved that. 
And so when they didn't go that direction here, I mean, they haven't brought up death at all. I, I was slightly disappointed, but then not because of the way they did humanize Thanos. Yeah, it's, it's too complicated for audiences. I thought that the entire Black Order was handled well, too. They're not in Infinity Gauntlet. They're not? They don't appear in the comics till much later. Mm. Mm. It was cool that they were there, though. It was. And, it was and they were handled really well. Yeah. I also like Spider-Man with, you. hey, I got this idea for this really old movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really great. That was so great. All right, we've talked about all the serious stuff. Let's talk about the funny stuff, because there was a lot of funny stuff. Oh, like the- Star-Lord flipping off Thanos and dropping backwards into the portal? Yes, yes. Or uh, Magic Kick. Magic <laughs> <laughs> magic punch. <laughs> magic kick. Magic kick. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was so good. Oh, I now, love for that. those of you who didn't care about spoilers or are listening anyway, we're talking about when Spider-Man was jumping through Doctor Strange portals and just yelling magic kick, magic kick. And magic <laughs> and kicking punch. Thanos in the head. He also punched him in the head. Uh, that was, was great. Good. It was super, super good. Yeah. And yeah. And then absolutely. He's like, oh, you got a plan? Well, there was this old movie. (laughs) I just, I loved it. I loved it. He was like, okay, well, oh, it's so good. You know what made me laugh? Hmm. When they were on the planet and they were talking about how the gravity on the planet is wonky. And you Mm -hmm. just see Mantis jumping up and down in the background. Yes. Yes. Just like, woo, woo. Also, like when... They were creeping forward on nowhere when the guardians were creeping forward in nowhere and Mantis had her hands up like a praying mantis. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was good. I love the, you, you don't have any money. <laughs> we'll just get him to make you a mystical sandwich. <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. What part was that? Uh, at the very beginning, Dr. Strange and uh, the other God, I can't remember his name. I'm so bad with names. We're walking down the stairs because Doctor Strange was going to go get sandwiches. And he's like, are you serious? You don't have any money? And he's like, well, money is something that keeps you from, like, connecting with the mystic. And Doctor Strange is like, oh, well, then I'll just get him to make you a mystic turkey on wheat or something like that. (laughs) I remember that now. (laughs) um, So that scene where Wong... And Doctor Strange are in the no. Sanctum Sanctorium, yes. and the Hulk comes colliding through the roof. Yes. Do you know what character collided through the roof in the comic instead of the Hulk? No. The Silver Surfer. Ah, well, considering Fox has dibs on that, I see it. And they haven't gotten the movie, the the whole Disney using their new assets down yet. Well, they're not officially theirs for another year. Yeah, that's what so, I meant by that. Yeah. So. But that no, that was that was really good, and I love the come out, you big green bastard. No, no. I love seeing temper tantrum Hulk. Yes, <laughs> so good. Any theories as to why he wasn't coming out? Absolutely. Thanos kicked his fucking ass in seconds. Like if you. Oh, were the and Hulk, he'd never been really beat before. He had never been beaten before. And if you were the Hulk and somebody not only kicked your ass, but kicked it in like less than a minute, you would be like, uh uh. <laughs> like, done. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You fucking deal with it, Banner. 
I kind of wonder, I mean, is he going to come out and be the Hulk or is Banner going to merge with him? No idea. Because they, 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 in Thor Ragnarok, they did the whole identity crisis thing. Hmm. And now they're deepening that story. They continued it after Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. So like before it was the Hulk didn't want to let Banner take over. And then it was Banner didn't want to let the Hulk take over. And then when Banner wanted the Hulk to take over, he wouldn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it was like a toddler. It was so good. Oh, and then I love like, hey, Nat. Hey, Bruce. <laughs> like, like there was so much that was said without saying anything between those two characters. Say that. Explain what you're talking about. Oh, we're, uh, we're, um, Black Widow sees Hulk, or not Hulk, Bruce Banner, for the oh, yeah. time in, like, years. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, Nat. And she's just like, hey, Bruce. Like, you know that they're very happy to see each other, but it's weird because it's been a couple years. She doesn't know why he's gone. She just knew that he had to go because he said he did. And, like, they had a romantic relationship before, you know, he left. So, what did you think of Shuri? completely schooling Dr. Banner. Oh, that was great. But why would you do it like this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought of it. <laughs> never thought of it. Yeah, that was great. No, I think the vision is dead unless time does reverse. I think it, that there's an interesting thing that could happen. Hmm. For a long time in the comics, the vision was white, like pure white. Um, so he was red and green first. And then mm -hmm. he became pure white. When the vision died, all the color drained out of him. That's true. That's true. I didn't think about it. So yeah. I think Shuri's going to fix him. Because yeah. the vision is still the vision without the stone. Yeah. I think he was just incapacitated because they ripped, it was ripped out of his head. Okay. God, all the characters like I was for sure were dead. You're like giving me reasons why they could not be dead. God damn it, Brian. I mean, we know Spider-Man and Black Panther are coming back. I mean, yeah. and we know it's Tom Holland. We know and they're not doing a Miles Morales thing. Yeah. Um, even though he probably will be in one of the Spider-Man movies. Hmm. But, I mean, it's still going to be Tom Holland. They're not going to kill him off for good in Infinity War. Um, no, because Tom Holland is the best fucking Spider-Man there has ever been Spider-Man. Is um, So, Hawkeye wasn't in Infinity War. Is no. Hawkeye going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp? They, they haven't confirmed it. They have not confirmed it, but, you know, they did, like, the aside, like, where are they? Oh, they're on house arrest, you know. I think Hawkeye would be really good in that. I think he would fit really well into the dynamic of an Ant-Man movie. Oh, absolutely, because I don't think people give him enough credit for being funny. He's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, and I think Hawkeye will be in, in Infinity War Part 2. Mm, maybe. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I can't make any guesses, really, Infinity War 2. I mean, other than I think it'd be cool if there were two dimensions, but apparently I'm, like, one of the only people that think that, so I don't know. I don't know what Infinity War Part 2 is going to be called. They said that they can't, they can't reveal it without yeah. spoiling something, but I don't think they can reveal it. I mean, they, it's obviously not going to spoil anything for Captain Marvel because they're going to have to reveal it before that. Yeah. Oh, what if it's like Infinity War Resurrection? Yeah, probably. You know, so. Oh, my God. So when we went and saw Infinity War, first off, I left there going, I need to see this again 
because I, again. I feel like like there was stuff I know I missed because I was in the story. You know, like the first time you see a movie, you're in the story. And then the second time that you see the movie, you know the story. So you're picking up all the background stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I need to see it again. But it was it's definitely in my top three Marvel movies. It was really fucking good. I liked it better than Black Panther. Uh, I really liked Black Panther, but it didn't give me goosebumps. Mm, I don't know why it didn't give me goosebumps, but it didn't. I don't know. I, so before Black Panther and Infinity War, my, ex- my very favorite um, Marvel movie was Winter Soldier. Um, I think it was just well done, greatly executed. It was like a window into the the world without, you know, being absolutely crazy. I mean, it had crazy parts. But and I also thought the acting was great. So Winter Soldier was my absolute favorite, followed by like Guardians and then, um, well, Ragnarok, because it, it kicked Civil War out of the top three. But Black Panther comes out and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I, I found that I have to split. I have to split the movies at this point. I can't have just a top three favorite Marvel movies anymore. I have to have a top three serious Marvel movies and a top three funny Marvel movies. Because you just each one is like the tone is so different. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, there's 17 of them or 18 of them. Yeah, and then you have the funny ones, and then you have the serious ones. So, um, I think if we're talking serious ones, Winter Soldier still got spot one. Um, Civil War is probably spot two. Um, and I think Iron Man 3 would be spot three. I, I don't know if I can order them. I can. I can, because they're, like, when I walk away from a movie, that, that, that feeling I have, like, um, like, I, how do I put it? Like, if I can walk out of that movie and I feel one particular thing, like one thing has just hit me, then I feel like that it's not only a successful movie, but it's one that is definitely worth being rated. So, like, for funny, like, for Winter Soldier, I left Winter Soldier going, I never really liked Captain America. I've never have. I'm like, "Eh, whatever, Soldier Boy. I've never liked Captain America. I left that movie going, not only is Captain America fucking amazing, but Black Widow is fucking amazing. And I've always liked Black Widow, but she's always a a support character. So you like Iron Man 2? 3. Iron Man 2 is the one with Black Widow. No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about Winter Soldier right now. Oh, okay. Captain America 2. Yes, Winter Soldier. So... That's my favorite, Winter Soldier. That's my favorite serious movie. They both, the acting was great. The story was great. The characters really supported each other. I loved it. Then when we're looking at that, you know, I go with like Civil War because again, the dynamics were great. Like the fact that anybody thought that Nat was going to betray uh, Cap is absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> so I don't know why anybody thought that, but um, so that was also really good. And then Iron Man three is my favorite because he's not Iron Man through most of the movie. Oh my god, I'm so glad you agree with me on that because it's my favorite Iron Man movie too. Yeah, he's, it's he's so freaking totally, good. It's totally, also a Shane Black movie. 
And is that the director? It's a guy, uh, yeah, it's the director. It's the guy who directed um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Ficus. Well, what I loved about that is he goes through, he, he develops as a person. He goes through growth as a person. And superhero movies are great because they're superhero movies. You have a bad guy, you beat the bad guy, there's an issue, you know, back and forth. But this was a superhero movie that was about the development of the person that is the superhero. And I loved that. That was absolutely amazing. I, I have to argue that you can't understand Tony Stark's characters in the character in the later movies if you don't see Iron Man 3. Like, you can't figure out why he made that mistake in it. You can't understand why he made that mistake in Age of Ultron if you haven't mm-hmm. seen Iron Man 3 yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then, like, when I'm looking at Infinity War, it is both funny and serious, but it leans more towards funny for me. So... If we're talking like funny movies, it's like number three because it's also very serious. So Guardians, Thor or Guardians, either one could be spot one for sure. Like the first Guardians, like I loved it so much. No, it would totally be Guardians. So Guardians, spot one. Ragnarok, spot three or two because it's it's just, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Uh, I swear I'm not doing this. Hold on. Okay, go. Like, like that was him swinging on that chain. I mean, it was just so good. Uh, I beat you very easily. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it was so funny. And then Infinity War, because it was, it was equal parts seriousness and funny. But what, what made it for me was the tone. Every one of these Marvel movies and characters have their own tone. You know, you you don't watch Guardians and expect it to be Avengers serious. You don't. You well, know. I thought the tonal shift in Thor Ragnarok was amazing because Thor and Thor 2 are just bleak. <laughs> yes, they are. So Ragnarok was great. It, w- it was exactly where Thor needed to go. We all got the ship. Want to come? Yes. <laughs> Want to come? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think I printed out enough pamphlets. <laughs> the, the the one that makes me laugh the most is when Loki walks through the wall and he comes running out of nowhere and stands on the wall and he's like, I'll get you. Get out of here, you ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what gets me the mo- most is like, oh, he's dead. I can't remember that. He's like carrying around the body. He's like, oh, no, he's dead. I just want to carry around because it feels so bad. Oh my God, you're alive. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) He accidentally stepped on him and squished him. Yeah. Oh, so good. But, but, you know, it was, it was really, really funny. You know, Guardians was supposed to be funny. It was, it was great. You know, the music in Guardians, like it just pushes it from like, just a funny Marvel look of it. it. It's so fucking good. Like, like when Guardians came out, most everybody didn't know about the Guardians. I think I had read like as my dad had the comics, like I had read them like when I was like 10, you know, so it was like forever ago. And so when it came out, I was like, oh, I vaguely remember reading those. All right. You know, I'm down. It's Marvel. Plus, and you Chris wouldn't even Drax, recognize Drax. No, because him he, back then he looked like the Hulk in a purple cape. Exactly. Yeah. So like I was I was like. 
I was like, oh, and plus Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt. He's pretty good. And then I, I watched it and I'm like, well, I'm now in love with Chris Pratt. And this is probably the, <laughs> the best movie ever. So, you know, I loved it. But but infin- the point was, is that Infinity Wars took the tone of all the characters, kept them. They kept it original. They didn't make characters act like when Star-Lord fucked up. He's a fuck up. They didn't make it like all of a sudden he's not a fuck up. That is exactly who he is. And when we're introduced to the Guardians in it, they're jamming out, doing their thing like they do, you know? I love how they did that because you just hear the music kind of ease in and mm-hmm. it goes into space and you see the, the ship fly in and it's like you automatically know what's going on. Yes. You, I, you it, know who you're going to see. <laughs> yeah, it was it was perfect. It was. It absolutely was. And then Rock is like, ew, get it off the windshield. I mean, it's just... I am rude. <laughs> <We're laughs> <a witch. laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, and then when Rocket decides to help Thor, I was like, this is great. This is great because it seemed like if you look at it, it seems like it's out of Rocket's character. But to do anything contrary to Star-Lord is exactly Rocket's character. That's exactly what he would do. <laughs> so it was it, it was come so across to me as, It didn't come across to me as counter to his character at all. It was just like, well, we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because I'm the captain. <laughs> yeah. I'm the captain. And then Drax, oh my God. He's like a god. And now, like a, what was he said? What did he say about like, Thor? God. Um, oh, I don't know. God is he, so good. I gotta look his, it up. His his muscles are like made out of metal. They were they, they were going off about it. It was great. Um the the whole Hold on, no, I gotta look it up because this is great. The way Drax says stuff is so good. Hold on. I gotta look this up. Well, I'm gonna go with my own rant, because you've been going nerd rant for a long time now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I thought that the way every single story was intermeshed was great. I thought it was paced fantastically. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was, oh, I, I mean, it was amazing that they would go away from one story for like a half hour and then jump back to it. You didn't feel like it was that bad. I mean, it. you never kind of went, did they forget about this character? Agreed. It was Agreed. well done. It was well done. It was probably the most complicated movie they've ever done. Oh, by far. By far. And I'm including other movies. I'm not just saying Marvel. I'm saying this is one of the most complex movies ever made. Yes. Yeah, not just Marvel. No, just... Com- and, and again, it's one of those things where it's like everybody kept their their individuality. And, you and know that's hard. You know what it reminded me of? Love Actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. It's not the same director, right? No. Honestly, I don't know. It was the Russo Brothers, wasn't it? Love Actually? No, the the Infinity. Yes, I believe it was the Russo Brothers. Love Actually was directed by Richard Curtis. Okay, fair enough. Infinity War director... Did you know about the um, Arrested Development cameo? Mm-mm. <laughs> so, um, oh, I can't think of the, na- the name of the character from Arrested Development, but there's a character in Arrested Development that painted himself blue because he wanted to be a member of the Blue Man Group. Okay. 
Well, he's in one of the cages in the collector, in the collector's room. He is? Yeah. That's funny. That is funny. Because the Russo brothers made Arrested Development. <laughs> which is an incredibly com- complex interwoven show. So they had the... Have you watched any of it? No, I haven't. It is amazing how complex it is. And it's so well done. Like, they'll... It's all these interwoven stories jammed together into a show. And they'll set up a joke at the beginning and pay it off at the end. But as the season goes on, mm-hmm. a joke will pay off that was set up in episode one of the first season, a season later. Wow, that's really complex. Yeah. There's a reason why people love the show so much. It's also wow. more saturated with jokes than most, most sitcoms. Oh, okay. The jokes are coming at you left and right. So you, you don't feel like the pacing is slow. Okay. Um, some people complain that there's too many jokes in it. But most people love the show. Why would anybody complain there's too many jokes in it? You can oversaturate a story. You can oversaturate a story with jokes. Mm, maybe. I mean, if you don't have time to breathe, then you're it just stops being funny. Mm. I mean, knowing how complex it is to just create the timing for a joke, putting a whole bunch of jokes in can throw off that timing easy. But they pull it off on that show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to watch it to give you my opinion. Stuff. Yeah, it's a good it's Jason Bateman. You like Jason Bateman, don't you? Jason Bateman? What, sounds familiar. I can't see a face, so I don't know. Um, Horrible Bosses? Oh, that guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, on a completely unrelated note, would you... Un, um, God, I can't control my tongue today. On a completely unrelated note, um, what did you think of Horrible Bosses? I didn't see it. But you're familiar with the movie trailers and stuff. So yes. you know, yeah, it's that guy, yeah. That guy. All right, so movie described badly. I'm going to do Infinity Gauntlet the comic. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We can do a different one, but I want to do Infinity Gauntlet the comic. Okay. Guy tries to impress a girl by snapping his fingers real good. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's good. (laughs) That is good. Oh, okay. What do you want to do for a real movie? No, we changed it to where we describe a movie, and then the other person has to guess the movie. Oh, yeah, we're going to try that. Okay, go ahead. I'm thinking. I didn't come up with one. Hold on. What have I seen? I can do one right now. Okay, go. Um, a um, a crippled man makes up a story from a from a from a pegboard. A crippled man makes up a story from a pegboard. Uh huh. Uh, one hour photo. No. What? Uh, Usual suspects. Oh, that's true. Damn it. Okay, I feel like we have to add actors in. You okay. have to at least tell us the actor. Okay. Otherwise, it could be anything. Yeah, because I guess Kevin Spacey makes, making up a story from a pegboard would have been a li- little easier to guess. Yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, I mean, Robin Williams hangs a bunch of pictures up on a pegboard in one-hour photo. And you know that's one of my favorite movies. Um, All right, I'm, I'm coming up with one. It's my turn now. Hold on. Um, you're like looking it up online. I'm not looking anything up online. Can you hear clickety clickety clack? Listen, no. this is great radio waiting for my sister to come up with an idea. Hey, <laughs> don't be an ass. Michael's not here. I have to be an ass to someone. You, you didn't put together an outline. I blame you. Um, yeah, but I've been expertly following the outline without it. Oh, oh, so now you're just better at this than me? Is that is that what you're saying? Was there doubt about that? 
<gasps> you jerk. Have you come up with a movie yet? No, because I've been bantering with you. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, I got one. I got one. Uh, Liam Neeson goes against the advice of everyone else to teach a young child to be a badass. Phantom Menace. God damn it. All right. <laughs> Uh, um, Brad Pitt goes to war over a woman. Oh, uh, Troy. See, it's too easy with actors. Uh, you think so? Yeah. Mm. I guess I guess we'll have to think about this more and come up with some before the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have one. If we're not talking about actors, right? We're not. We're not doing actors. Oh, oh, I got one for you with actors. So go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Uh, a a pirate falls down a hill, lands in uh, a forest, and ends up dying. Pirate is it's is it now? Pirates of the Caribbean has to be a trick. It's because it sounds like the second one, but he dies. But he dies. It's unrelated to the fall. Pirates of the Caribbean two. Nope. What is it? The Princess Bride. Oh my God! It is. <laughs> Um, Michael Keaton is obsessed with people saying his name. Batman? Nope. Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, that is so good. I love it. This is much better. This is much better. Okay. So, what nerdy stuff are we into this week? What are we doing? Anything exciting, even non-nerdy stuff? I am going to an orchard today with the fam and some friends. Um... What else? What else am I doing? I'm going to work. That's it. I haven't really planned anything. I'm going to jury duty. That's right. I have my last week at work. I'm finishing watching Cobra Kai. I'm still playing Shadowrun. I'm trying to get ready for moving, which I really can't do until I'm done working there. Oh, I am finishing up uh, Horizon Zero Dawn for the second time. This time with the expansion. This is this is actually coming from me and not Heather. I need to go through my stuff and figure out a good portion of stuff to take so I'm not just covering her walls with nerdy shit. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's going up. Like, the TARDIS sign is going up and my Doctor Who poster is going up and my My Little Pony is going up because I love my My Little Pony poster. You can okay. try that for my cold, dead hands. Uh, that's because My Little Pony is great. Well, this is a samurai riding on an 80s-style My Little Pony. That's great. That's even better. And? I think anybody that thinks the new My Little Pony is stupid has not truly watched it and given it the chance. Because it's fucking hilarious. My, I might not bring my Oren Ishii poster. I might find someone to have that because Heather really hates Kill Bill. Oh, well, I feel like you got to make sacrifices. Yeah. It's a cool Asian poster, though. She might just disassociate it from the movie. Maybe. But I also have all this. I, I have lots of wall artwork, too. So it's just fortunately she has almost none. Oh, that's good. She has a few. And some of them are my photos. <laughs> so that's going to be weird. Like you haven't lived with anybody like in a long time. I know. I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, we get along great. Yeah, but... And we've you, had little dry runs here and there. I mean, there'll be friction for sure, 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, my my advice is just remember compromise goes both ways. Yeah, because if you if one person is compromising all the time, then, yeah. But, you know, Heather is is basically like bring all of it and find places for it. She's she's a little worried about the, the clutter because I have, you know, I have like five computers. I know. Well, I mean. But as far as the wall art, she's pretty happy. I mean, I have a Pathfinder poster that's definitely not coming because I only put it up on my wall because I didn't want to throw it away. I'll give it to somebody. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is my advice is, you know, not only does compromise go both ways, but sometimes you don't know the other person is compromising if you don't communicate about it. That's actually a really good point. You always if if you are compromising, you have to let the other person know. I didn't think of that. That's a good one. Thank you. That's good advice, sis. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm all about compromise these days. And it's so funny because Matt and I were talking about mine and Chris's dynamic on the way up to Cedar Point. And from the outside, it just looks like I'm constantly telling him what to do. But if you really know our relationship, he and I discuss everything. But we do it in private. Like, we we make a decision and then I am better at executing the decision and coming up with a plan to do it and he is better if he has direction so we talk about everything and make all the decisions jointly and then i figure out the plan and then we execute it together so it from the outside it always looks like i'm like telling him what to do but nobody knows all the dynamics. That sounds like a fantastic rationalization for being bossy. I'll remember that one. All right, everybody, stay nerdy. Stay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm giving you that look. You can't see it, but you're getting it. I was trying to give you like positive life advice and, and, and be like, you know, compromise sometimes is about doing it on the DL away from people and not in front of people because you have a stronger relationship when you're on the same page and give you example of that. And you you just just decide to be like, you're, over it. you just shit all over it. Like, I'm just like the bossiest. I mean, I am bossy, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that. We compromise. And what you see on the outside isn't everything that's working on the inside. That was my fucking point. God damn it. You're an asshole. You should listen to the Station Wagon podcast if you want to hear a good brother-sister podcast. They they pick on each other so hard. And, it, and they keep doing the episodes, and it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, not that long ago... Um, um, I'm going to get her name wrong. I believe it's Julie um, from the Station Wagon podcast started a new podcast called That Meddling Kids Podcast. Okay. About Scooby-Doo. Oh, Those Meddling Kids. I assume that it was about Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Mm, all they right. talked about the Scooby-Doo Super Scooby Supernatural episode, too. Mm. Okay, so I ordered that Scooby-Doo Supernatural t-shirt I sent to you because I was like, oh, my God, I have to have it. Yeah. It's super crappy. Like the way huh. that it's printed. Yeah, I'm super. I got to I gotta be like, I hey, felt guys. bad about get, not ordering it. Now I don't. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Yeah. The print is like really crappy. 
So it's like one of those things, like, after I wash it three times, it's probably going to, like, fall apart. I hope they do an official one. Yeah, that would be good. So I got to figure out how to get my $24 back. I may never get it back, but, yeah. All right. Well, so I think we're done. I think we're done. We had a fantastic talk about Avengers Infinity War. Actually, hold on. I'm going to start over. Let's see if I can do this better than Michael, because he's not here. It's going to be great. All right. We had a great talk about Infinity War, all the things we liked. There wasn't anything we didn't like. We just freaking love that movie. I'm sure we could find something to nitpick, but we didn't. Um, And then we talked about great brother-sister stuff, and we had an awesome What's Nerdy With You, where we just shared our nerdy stuff this week, and we both won. Yay! So thanks for joining me, Erica. I know it was hard to get hosts this week. Yeah, it was a weird week. Everybody had shit going on, so... I don't know why Michael was out on Saturday. He never shared. We'll just make something up. Mm. Well, maybe his, like, internal power core system died again. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Normally it only happens during the week, though. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to replace him with a new clone. Yeah. Well, I was thinking instead of clones, since like that seems to not be working out so well, and the DNA duplication is like starting to deteriorate, that maybe we should really just look into an Android system. That's not a bad idea. We could program it with his personality. We and- could also edit the personality too. I do enough editing on the podcast. You're going to have to do that. All right. I'll work on it. Um, And then Anthony was um, trapped in an alternate dimension. Again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly like our dimension, except that the Golden Gate Bridge is blue. Yeah. And everything does not work out the way it's supposed to for him. It sucks. Yeah. Hopefully he'll come back soon. That's also where our podcast is still called Nerd Pundit Radio instead of Nerd Podcast Radio. Yeah. So it's nice to get postcards from that dimension, though, I have to say. Yeah, the I, I like the blue color of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's a lot more vibrant than the red. Because There's, just like like the sirloin blue, I just I feel like it's so much more vibrant than like the red because it just seems like it fades so quickly. Yeah. Tune in next week for more musing about about all the alternate dimensions that Anthony visits. <laughs> That's all we got today. Everybody, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Bye. See? Brian, cut him off. Cut her off.